for Lovers. An audio medium unlike anything you've ever heard before. The pinnacle of sound experience. Jacked and canned. Featuring John Tessman and Colby Tyler. A place where you will get the information you crave. And hear about the topics that you love. Presented by themselves. Coming to you from the basement, bar, and the bedroom. Sponsored by no one. Jack and Cam. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the sports roundtable of Jacked and Canned. As always, Johnny, you want to get us started off? Oh, man, we know where this is going. Who's on top, ladies and gents? Let's see here, Colbs. Who the hell do we want to start off with? I'm thinking we're going to start off in the NHL. Eastern Conference, we got the Atlantic Division. We got the Bruins sitting on top over there, 34-5-4 OTL, 72 points. Man, they are dominating. The next closest team behind them is the Maple Leafs. Colbs, we're going to take a little bit more time on the Sports Roundtable episode. We might talk a little bit more of sports, and the Jackton Can Show is going to be loaded with some NFL talk. So with that said, Colbs, have you been watching any NHL? I know it's extremely difficult no. to do so. No, it's it's still not NHL's time yet. I got to wait till football's like done, done to get watching <laughs> NHL because all my spare time that's not consumed with football has just been NBA. So, I mean, if it's not NFL or NBA, I haven't seen it in a couple. I haven't even watched a UFC event since sometime last month. Damn. All right. Well, have you been keeping up with the headlines of the Bruins at least or hearing about them on sports radio? No, I just even? check the standings every few days to make sure they're not going on a losing streak. Fair enough. So they are still on top over there. Metropolitan Division, we got the Hurricanes sitting on top, followed by the Devils. And, of course, we always have to mention the Rangers. They are sitting over there at the number three spot. Central Division, we got the Stars sitting on top, followed by the Jets in a wild. Pacific Division, we got the Golden Knights sitting on top, barely, barely hanging on because of Seattle Kraken right behind them. Kolb shifting over to NBA. Eastern Conference, man, what's up with these Boston teams dominating, huh? We got the Bruins dominating. We got the Boston Celtics sitting on top of the Eastern Conference at 33-12, and 12, followed by the Bucks, 76ers, oop, the Nets, Cavaliers, Knicks, Heat, Pacers, Hawks, Bulls. All right, Western Conference, Nuggets, Grizzlies, Pelicans, Kings, Mavs, Warriors, Clippers, Jazz, Timberwolves, and Thunder. Holy freaking hell. Damn it, damn it, damn it. Well, the Lakers are almost 500, sitting at 20 and 24. Uh, past 10 games are six and four Colbs. I don't pay attention to any NBA outside of our roundtable episodes. This is where I get my updates. I ask this every single time for the past few years Colbs, what the hell is going on with the Lakers? <laughs> so, well, first thing, John, if you look at the way the standings show, they show by games back, right? So yes. it, it shows where the Lakers are. Uh, what is it? 13 games back or 11 games back? Something like 11. it's 11, right? Yeah. Look, look what if they were just simply nine games back, how far up they'd be. Just take right. a look real quick. Oh, yeah. They're, so they're that right close to being right six, there. Six, yeah. Seven. they're So they're right around there. It's good to see them around 500. 
But what the hell's going on with them? Are they showing signs of improvement? I really don't know. I'm just asking that. Well, without Anthony Davis there, it's still it's still tough. They actually they played uh, three very good teams last week. Uh, they played Dallas. They played Philadelphia. I, I can't remember offhand who they played first. They played somebody else early in the week. Uh, the game against Dallas ended up going to double overtime. I got to watch the majority of that game. And I mean, it was just unfortunate. Luka Doncic is just this incredible scorer of the basketball. So it got to a point when it was uh, the Lakers had finally battled back, gotten a lead late in the game, and then Luka hits a three to tie it with just a little bit left, goes to overtime. The Lakers get a lead in overtime. Luka Doncic comes down, step back three, sends it to double overtime. And then in double overtime, the Mavs were finally able to just kind of put the Lakers away. And then against the uh, the Sixers, um, I don't know exactly. Well, no, I do know what happened. Russell Westbrook decided that he was the hero, and uh, he does uh, he does this thing where we're down a point. It was 113-112, and Russell Westbrook takes the ball. About 12 seconds left, just sprints down court with it straight to the rim. Doesn't even get a shot off because, well, he loses the ball. And we never even get a shot off to try to do anything because Russell Westbrook decided it was his court, his ball. So again, um, even though Westbrook's been playing a lot better and has done much better coming off the bench than he did as a starter with us, it's still just not a great fit with him being there. And I don't understand why he still thinks to this day that he's the best person to have the ball in his hands at the end of a game because he's probably not even top three on this team as far as guys that you would want the ball in their hands at the end of the game. But without Anthony Davis in there, I mean, they've had so many different lineups on the court. I have seen really good things out of one of their uh, backup centers, Thomas Bryant. I like him a lot. He gives a lot of just like 16 and 10, 21 and 12 kind of games, like they things that make you excited. And granted, I don't know how well that goes when Anthony Davis comes back because now you have two guys that kind of do the same thing, but Anthony Davis obviously does them much better. So I don't know how you really incorporate all that into your offense considering that you're a team that doesn't really have a lot of shooting. So you got a lot of guys that can do a lot of stuff around the rim, but you don't have a whole lot of guys that can shoot, and that's kind of the problem with the team. But I do think that there's a realistic scenario in which they can get into at least the playoffs. I don't think that they're going to be a team winning playoff series, but... I do think that they'll be able to get into the playoffs considering some of the teams that are right there with them. I think they're better than Minnesota. I think they're right about at the same level that the Suns and the Clippers are. I think they're better than the Jazz. There's a lot of teams that are right there within the Thunder that I think the Lakers are better than. And if it wasn't for the fact that they started out so bad this year, that I think they would have a better record than those teams. And considering how well they just played some of the better teams in the league, that shows you that when AD's there, they're going to be able to win some games. They're probably going to smoke the shit out of all the bad teams. Uh, I mean, granted, that's when AD comes back. They just barely beat Houston a couple nights ago. LeBron put up a new season high with 48 points. Damn. I got that one. That was fun. But uh, I, I do think they will be a playoff team at this point. I just don't think they're really going to go anywhere. Hopefully AD can stay healthy and give them a chance. And obviously I'll be pulling for them, but I, I don't see where they do anything. Uh, one thing that does suck out East though, John, I don't know if you knew this, Kevin Durant is going to miss the next couple of months. He, uh, he hurt his, I believe it was his knee. He did. um, I I think it was like a PCL sprain or something along those lines. So he'll, he'll, 
for a little while, and uh, they've already dropped two spots in the standings just in the time that he hasn't been there. So that's gonna that's gonna hurt the Nats because they I, I think that they might want that home court advantage going into the playoffs. And granted, I still think they're an upper echelon team out east, but I'm not I, I wouldn't be worried about them even if he was healthy. I really think it's Boston's conference, and then after that, I'd say it's Milwaukee and. I mean, maybe you could see like a Cleveland sneaking through or maybe a Philly, but I uh, I really think that's Boston's conference. It's probably Boston's year all in all. Just as I'm looking around the landscape of the NBA, there's nobody that I look at outside of them that I'm like, even them, honestly, to an extent where I'm like, wow, that team is great. I don't know that there is a great team in the NBA this year, but I think the Celtics are by far the best of what is out there. Uh, the Denver Nuggets are only like a game behind what Boston is out West, but I, the Nuggets have been this for like <laughs> five years and they second <laughs> round out in the playoffs. So I'm not worried about Denver. They, uh, the year that the Lakers did win the title there, there was a lot, Oh, they got to go through Denver. Nobody's ever scared of Denver. The Denver's not a great playoff team. They don't have that offensive monster. Um, and really, I guess Memphis is probably the next closest. Memphis is really good. They have a lot of good young talent. John Morant's obviously a superstar over there. I love watching him play. Top five player to watch in the league. It's like not joking, John. He is a blast to watch. Yeah, I've been hearing about him on sports talk, just on regular sports talk channels. And uh, he must really be lighting it up because everybody seems to be talking about him right now. Yeah, last year, too. I mean, he he's phenomenal. I really like watching him. But uh, yeah, and out east, you know, I, I keep my rooting interest for the Heat over there, and they've gotten themselves at least into the playoff mix. I, again, that's a that's another one where I'm looking at them like they they just don't have whatever they had last year. It's not it's not there. But well, I guess we'll see. What about the Knicks? You see them falling off? Um, yeah, I mean, I actually I just saw them on Monday. They lost to uh, Toronto in overtime. Fred Van Vliet was just knocking down threes on him every time. The Knicks kept getting a, like a four-point lead, and then Van Vliet would hit a three. They just eventually ended up tying it, sent it to overtime. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Knicks are fine. They're not anything to worry about, but they'll be in the postseason. They'll get ousted in the first round, though. Colbs, before we go ahead and transition over here to the NFL, I think you know where I'm going with this. I just want to have a friendly reminder that we are exactly one month away from the kickoff game of the XFL, week one schedule has been released. We got the I Vegas actually Vipers. didn't know where you were going with it. <laughs> <laughs> you know I got to pitch XFL because we're getting closer. We're one month away. Literally, kickoff is going down on Saturday, February 18th. As we record this, today is January 18th. So we got 30 days. We're a month away, Colbs. We got the Vegas Vipers, Arlington Renegades facing off. Orlando Guardians. This one makes me a little sad because they were the new york guardians and they almost have the same logo so kind of breaks my heart but i got all the old merchandise in there um so i'm gonna be rocking that they're gonna be going against the houston roughnecks we got the st louis Battlehawks at the san antonio Br- oh man this name always gives me brahmas i i feel like that's rock inspired like yeah yeah the brahma bowl <laughs> Um, and then we got the Seattle Sea Dragons. They're still around Coles versus the DC Defenders. Have you changed your mind at all on watching the XFL? <laughs> no, John. I like I just told you I haven't even had enough time for the NHL yet. I don't have time for the XFL. 
So will it change your mind if I tell you Josh Gordon's going to be suiting up for Seattle? No. Will I tell you, will it change your mind if Marshawn Lynch is also suiting up for Seattle? Probably not. Will it change your mind if I tell you Russell Wilson has been dropped by the Denver Broncos and just signed to the Seattle Sea Dragons? That would tell me that nobody in the NFL wants him anymore, and then (laughs) that would mean that I would have no reason to watch him. Oh, damn it. I tried every which way possible. Ladies and gents, those last two, untrue, false. Don't worry about it. Josh Gordon, he is there. So if you want to see him play, you know where to go. Okay, NFL standings here, Colbs. Who's on top? This one's quite easy. All right, the Seattle Seahawks ended up not on top. The 49ers end up winning that game 41-23. The Jags in a hell of a game. Wow. 31-30, they ended up on top. The Bills ended up being on top over there. 34-31 over the Dolphins. We got the Giants. This game surprised the hell out of me, who ended up on top at 31-24 over the Vikings. We got the Bengals on top of the Ravens, 24-17. This one surprised me because it's a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. And we got the Cowboys, 31-14 over the Buccaneers. That score makes it look closer than it actually was. But I'm not going to yep. lie with you. I got a little nervous when Tom Brady threw up that pass with two minutes left in the game. <laughs> right in right the Mike, Mike Evans' hands. And I went, <laughs> I went, are you serious? Like, this is what he does. Oh, shit, like, there's that magic thing. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 like, literally, the Cowboys are going to lose. Like, they already recovered this onside kick. Maher couldn't hit a freaking extra point to save his life. No. Four of them consecutively missed in a row, and he finally got one. Anyways, Colbs, that's who's on five. If you count the one he missed at the end of last game, too. (laughs) He did. What I I want to do with that, he missed his last extra point in the last week of the regular season, too. It's making me nervous, man. It's making me nervous. Yeah, I I have not heard anything about you guys signing a kicker yet, but you guys need to sign a kicker because that you can't you can't just bank on that unless he's going to snap out of it. Yeah, well, (laughs) John, um. What I really want to do is, since we're going to be doing our Jacked and Can show following this, and this way we can kind of keep our roundtable to a true fashion, more like a 20, 25-minute kind of show. Yeah. What I was thinking of doing, because I keep seeing everybody's putting out power rankings still, which I had never understood doing them past the end of the regular season. Yeah. But why not? I'll rank the eight teams that are left for you. And additionally, there I'm going go. to also give you the top eight quarterbacks remaining. Ooh. I'm going to I'm going to rank them as well. So we're going to do that to finish off the round table. And then we're going to spend the first half of Jack and can show talking about the games that just happened. And the second half talking about the games coming up this weekend. Ooh, Coles. I like it, man. Kick us off. I wish. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That is a rock star kind of thing right there. Let me see. What do we have in here? Ready? All right, Coles, lay it down for us. (laughs) All right, John. Number eight, the New York Giants. (laughs) Ultimately, they are the team that I trust least. I thought that the most frauded teams or teams that look like they really don't belong in the playoffs happened to play each other this week with Minnesota and New York. So one of them had to continue on. The Giants do get through. They are the team that I have in last for who is remaining. Number seven would be the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I do put them, I mean, granted, it's close with them and the Giants because the Jags are a lot more unpredictable. You kind of know at least what you're going to get from the Giants every week. The Jags, 
<laughs> four picks in the first half or 31 points in the second half. We we don't really know what the hell we can expect from them. I can't but they do have that, that capability. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. We'll talk about it, John. I'm excited to talk about that game. No, um, but they do have that capability, which I think makes them more dynamic and more explosive than the Giants by a pretty large margin. So I have them at seven. Uh, number six, John, I would have to have your Dallas Cowboys there. They right. they look good, but man, I just don't think that they're at the level that the teams above them are. I think they're in the weird spot where they're a very good team that just isn't as good as any of the other good teams this year. And when it comes to the best of the best, now obviously they got a matchup this weekend where we'll we'll really get to see something from it. If they win that, that's huge. But that's upcoming. Number five, John. I would have to say at this point. All right, I'm going to do it. Let, let's say, let's say the Philadelphia Eagles. I. Wow. I don't have supreme confidence that with Jalen Hurts missing time that he's going to be able to come back and just pick it up right where he left off. I think that this is a scenario where the Eagles really finish the season on a down note. Lane Johnson still questionable for playing this weekend, which I know doesn't sound like a big deal. But if you actually look into like just simply the Eagles record when he plays and when he doesn't, it's it kind of means a lot when Lane Johnson's there. So right now I got the Eagles at five. Number four, I would have to go with the Buffalo Bills. Um, they they are man, they are explosive, but Josh Allen has this thing in his head where he just needs to chuck the ball somewhere, regardless of if it's a good thing to do or not. And that that's problematic at this point in the season. And it seems like it's not getting better, it's just getting worse. Granted, I know he's been playing through a shoulder injury since like week nine, but I mean, it sucks, man. Like it, there, there's been time like you should not have been that close in a game against Skylar Thompson. They just no way, especially when you start off the game up like 17, nothing, no way that that game should have been close. So I got the bills at four. Number three, I'd have to say the San Francisco 49ers, um, I'm starting to think that Brock Purdy might be a legitimate NFL quarterback and not just a decent backup who can come in and fill in. I'm starting to wonder if maybe this offseason, rather than try to make whatever work, you might be able to just stick with Brock Purdy. You could trade Trey Lance and get picks, and you can let Jimmy Garoppolo just leave, and then you don't have to worry about that mess anymore that you've been trying to get rid of, even though he's been the best quarterback on your roster for the last two years. And really, even beyond that, but specifically the last two that they've been, you know, not really psyched to have him. Number two, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, we all know why Joe Burrow is that good. He's that guy, and that offense is incredibly powerful. We'll talk a little bit more about my worries with the Bengals coming up, though. Number one, the Kansas City Chiefs. They're better than you, John. Let's do the quarterbacks real quick. Number eight, this one's very, I, I mean, the this one was a little bit of a toss up here, right? Because there's still the unknown of what Brock Purdy actually is. So at number eight, I'm still going Daniel Jones because I do think that Brock Purdy might have something. So I didn't want to put him in last year. Daniel Jones, somewhere around the 20th best quarterback in the NFL, by far oh, the least of what's remaining. I don't know why you don't give him the love, man. He, he did pretty good. Johnny said three 300-yard passing games this year, two against the Vikings, one against the Lions. 
Those are the 30th and 31st ranked pass defenses in the NFL. Otherwise, not one 300-yard game against anybody. Couldn't get the ball moving against a bad Seattle defense. There's been teams that he's played bad defenses and still hasn't consistently put up anything. Threw for 3,200 yards when everybody else in the NFL puts up 4,000. Threw for 15 touchdowns. Okay. I mean, I'd rather have somebody that maybe puts up somewhere at least in the mid-20s. Number seven, Brock Purdy. He's incredibly accurate. Um, I still don't really know what he is, but as of right now, I have to believe that what I've seen is not the worst. It's just I, I have a hard time putting him further than this. Not only because so many great quarterbacks are still remaining, but because I don't know exactly what he is. I just don't know, and I I can't just catapult him to the top like some people are doing. I've got people out here telling me that Brock Purdy is like a top five quarterback. I'm like, get out of here! You're <laughs> like, you, you gotta you gotta slow down a little bit. Number six, John Stack Prescott, the yeah. uh, the interception king for who out uh, for who's left out there. Obviously, you know they, you can take whatever grain of salt you want from that, but I, I do think that Dak Prescott struggles in big moments. But I do there, there's something he does late in games that I do like. And when I say late in games, let me put it this way: if a game's being played at one p.m., because I really think that Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott have a lot of things in common. If a game's at 1 p.m. and it's late in the fourth quarter, I'm taking Kirk Cousins every goddamn time. It is incredible the amount of comeback wins that guy can do and the amount of just game-winning drives in the fourth quarter that he can put together in a 1 o'clock game. But you have a game at any other time, different day of the week, different anything, I'm taking Dak Prescott. I don't know what it is. Kirk just melts down and they put up 10 points all of a sudden. It's like, what the fuck just happened? Where Where's that Minnesota team? Dak doesn't do that. Dak is at least consistently decent, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. So I would go with Dak six there. Uh, obviously not comparing to Kirk Cousins, just saying that I do find them to be incredibly similar. Number five, John, that would be Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has shown the capability of being able to put the ball all over the place, and I'd really like to see him with a true number one wide receiver to see what that would look like for him because he's got a whole bunch of guys that are good two and three guys. I just would like to see what he can do if he also has that go-to guy. I think that would be a massive connection in the NFL. But considering, and this isn't even a shot of Trevor Lawrence being this far down this list, it's just that there's great quarterbacks in front of him here. Because as we go to number four, John, I would say Jalen Hurts is here, and it's just a consistency that I've seen from him. Uh, With Jalen Hurts this year, uh, still a little bit under 4,000 passing yards, but did miss a couple of games at the end of the year. I think he would have been over 4,000 had he played those. Uh, 22 touchdowns, six interceptions. It's a very good ratio, and I'll, you know, I, I think he would have added to that touchdown total had he played those couple of last games there. Would have been somewhere in the mid-20s. So I, I think that he played just about as perfect as he can within the layout of that offense. I just wish that they like to throw the ball a little bit more. I, I think that they can get a little bit run heavy, and that's a little bit dangerous to do when you truly only have that one back that you really run a lot with. Like Everybody loves Boston Scott, but you don't really use Boston Scott that much. And then it becomes a lot of Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts, and neither one of them are particularly large creatures. So that does make me a little bit nervous watching him taking contact all the time. But I do have Jalen Hurts at number four, which leaves our big three. Number three, Josh Allen. Um, 
mistake prone. That that's the only thing that I can say negatively about him because this dude has a fucking cannon for an arm. Oh my god, and big time. He makes plays that almost nobody else in the NFL can make. There are some plays that he makes that nobody else can make in the NFL. It's incredible to watch. He's one of the funnest players to watch in the NFL, but at the same time, I don't know if, if what he's doing is good until I see it be completed because as soon as he launches that cannon that he's got, I don't know where the cannonball's fallen. Like, and that scares me. Number two, Joe Burrow, Joe Cool, coolest guy in the league, comes out and tells you, well, yeah, our windows, however long I'm here. Like, oh, yeah, love, which is awesome. I love that guy. I mean, he's cool. But obviously, number one is Patrick Mahomes because, well, I mean, yeah. he's better than you. He's better than everybody. He might be better than everybody ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he's a beast. I, I'm excited, man. I'm yeah. excited. Oh, we yeah. got some good quarterbacks playing in the playoffs right now. But what I'll tell you what, it, it was weird looking at this week's past games. I know we're not going to get too much into it right now, but uh, no Lamar Jackson kind of throws you off a little bit for Baltimore. So that would have been cool to see as far as quarterback play, you know, goes for the Yeah, playoffs. a lot of talk on him right now, too, about where he might be ending up and all this different stuff. Look, if Baltimore pays him, he's staying in Baltimore. Oh, like, yeah. That, that's that's the thing. But they have to give him that guaranteed money. And if they decide not to, which now that he has finished the last two seasons, both hurt, they might not give him what he wants. And if that's the case, then, yeah, he'll be taking his talents elsewhere. And it would be very interesting to see where he would end up. I, I do think – I mean, I don't think the Jets would be the team to land him, but I do think that that would be really cool to see. Um, I, I know that he has interest in Miami specifically, which I, it's tough with Miami, man, because like Tua did so good when he was there, oh, yeah. but at the same time, you, you just can't assume that he's going to all of a sudden be healthy all the time. So if I'm Miami, I'm like, shit, I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. And Tua's even in a rough situation, just even professionally and personally have after dealing with that many concussions and everything that that's pretty scary but no it is but i mean it's especially when you talk about his career standpoint if like if the dolphins move off of him i'm honestly not sure how many teams would be willing to go pick him up because they'd be worried about the same thing just his health overall that was another team i was going to say colbs is the Dolphins. That would have been really cool to see uh, Tua in there, especially how close the Dolphins played the Bills. But anyhow, more on that coming up in the Jacked and Can show. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't speak today. Ladies and gentlemen, I like that, (laughs) plural. Make sure to stay tuned. We'll be back with another ep for you.